When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. You know, we kind of buried the lead a little bit. And I saw where it made the top headlines on ESPN, which was kind of interesting. That's good, uh, certainly, PR for us. And that is Florida State All-ACC defensive end Jared Verse and All-ACC safety Jamie Robinson said they plan to play in the bowl game. We, we mentioned it in passing, and then you and I went straight into how many of the players we'd like to see uh, stay, who's in jeopardy of moving on. Who do we want to bring in? Sam McCall's decision, all of that. I mean, I, I am hyper, admittedly, I'm hyper fixated on the future already. Yeah, if it makes the home page of a website like that, must be a slow news day. But that's yes. fine. I will uh, take every piece of positive PR correct, this program correct. can get. Yeah, it's it's it, we've been on a roll lately, and that and that is very positive. Um, Verse said, uh, "Quote through everything, I plan on playing in the bowl game no matter what. Try to give my best effort. I'm still deciding what I'll do." For the future, I assume that quote has more to do with his professional football future as opposed to the bowl game. Yeah, I don't know what is that—a clarion call to the collective saying, eh, "I could be had." I don't think the Florida film was that detrimental to his draft grade, potential draft grade. I don't think it could be. There's too much good out there. I don't think it helped him. No, no, but it, that one performance can't undercut. All of the other stuff against good offensive fronts, real programs. I uh, yes, I, I agree. I'm wondering. I, I don't know what's real and what's not real. The off season, they spend so much time with 15 different mocks that you could see Jared Verse go from 15th overall to third round, or you see him go from third round to second round to first round, back to second round, back to you know late second, then to early first, then the mid second. You're like, what the hell? I mean, you can go a lot of different places for these mocks now. Everybody's got one. And I would like to find out what the NFL thinks of him. Um, I, I know that I agree with you about his upside, and I, I like Jared Verse an awful lot. I, I do think he kind of got taught a lesson in the game against Florida, and that's a kid that's going to go to the league the Florida tackle is. And, you know, if you get a guy that's big and technically proficient and with good feet, I mean, and, and you will, by the way, every week on Sundays, 
you know, you, you, it would cause, it would give you pause. If Jared wanted to come back, I'd respect his decision. <laughs> I would. Too. I would totally respect well, his decision. Well, let me decision. ask you this, though. Let me ask you this, because it could. This is where a, a game like that might have an impact on his decision. What if you were going into that game kind of a a late first guy because people thought you needed to get a little stronger, a little bit bigger. You're still pretty young, you know, and 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 they want to see you. Uh, incorporate some move, more uh, moves, some things other than speed, okay? Uh, and and they say, well, I'd like to see, and then they see that game, and they see a big tackle really kind of having his way with him. And they you begin to look like maybe you're going to drop into the second. Well, if you come back and you get stronger and you get better and you take the lessons you learned from this year and you add to your repertoire, which I think he would because he's a tireless worker and he's dedicated to his craft and he cares deeply. Um, and he's on the record of saying he wants to be the best. So I, I don't ever worry about that with him. Now, you got to weigh that with injury risk and everything else. But, like, if you think, oh, man, there's a real chance I'm going mid-second, and if I come back, I'm going to dominate this league, I'm going to be bigger, I'm going to be stronger, I'm going to be more explosive, I'm going to have more moves, and I'm going to go top ten. Well, the difference between the money there is significant. Yeah, yeah, it's it very is. significant. It's just So maybe you would. It's kind of like um, a more dangerous version of deal or no deal, though. You know, the million-dollar briefcase yeah, is. is there. Yeah. You, you know, you got three left. There's the million, 150 grand, and like ten bucks. And <laughs> the call you're getting, I'm give you 10 bucks. the call you're getting is a good one. You know, they're willing to give you whatever it is, two hundred, two and a quarter. I don't know. Yeah, he, you he just got hurt this year. It's life-changing money. And you just got hurt this year. I mean, there's always a risk in football, but would you rather do it? with a lot more professional money or a nice chunk of change for an NIL deal with an eye towards going big. It's tough. I wonder, too, in this day and age, and maybe an insurance person out there can tell us, yeah, I don't these, know how it works. these contracts that the kids used to sign in college, you know, guarding against a first-round grade if they came back another year, I'm sure Clemson had a lot of these deals signed, given that they had first-round top 10 picks coming back to play for an extra season. Sure. Do those still happen in the NIL era? Because you can be paid by a collective to come back. Can you still be totally protected? Insured. Or is it, you know, is there a reduction? Like there's a net I don't know cost. how it works at all, and I would be completely out of my league trying to guess that. But I if, don't know the answer to that. If you could tell me that I'm Jared Verse and you could give me a guaranteed, Million you know, what, or whatever it is for a top 30 pick in the draft, so maybe 20 to 30, mm -hmm. and I get an NIL deal, and I'm shooting for the moon to be a top five or top seven pick, maybe... But short of that, personally speaking, I'd take it on to the league. I've already been banged up once, and that could have been an ACL that night. I might just want to go get my money. So the defensive ends that are going to go in front of them are Will Anderson, who may go number one overall, obviously, uh, out of Alabama. By the way, he has not had a good year. Um, but that doesn't, you know, that's not going to change his status. Miles Murphy will go in front of him, the kid from Clemson, who's also not had a good Great year. Clemson's defense in general has not had a good year. Uh, Tyree Wilson, the defensive end from Texas Tech, projected in everything I see to go ahead of him as well. I don't, you know, I have not seen him play a lot, um, but obviously plenty of people have. Uh, Mike Morris is a guy at, at Michigan. Uh, Michigan's got a very good defense. Those guys are all considered to be players that would go ahead of Jared Verse. Verse is in the next couple. 
after that. It, it, it changes depending on where you're looking. Some people would tell you that versus maybe one more guy down than that. So that places him, depending on, I pulled up four right here just for the purposes of our discussion. That places him around fifth, fourth or fifth, worst case scenario, sixth amongst the defensive ends. Again, that list would look like this. Uh, if you take all of those, Murphy, Wilson, Morris, Ohio State, Harrison, verse. Maybe the kid at Kansas State, uh, Azuma, uh, he, he, uh, he may go ahead of him. If that happens, he would fall into the second round. If it doesn't happen, he'd probably be one of the last picks of the first round. So that's all, that's all we're talking about here. It's close. It's very close. If you're a first-round pick, I would always advise you to go. But it's just not so clear-cut with him is where we're at. And I think I'd still go. even if, Personally, yeah. I think I'd still go even if I'm early second. But I don't know how he's wired in that way, and I think he thinks that he could be a top-ten pick, and I wouldn't doubt him because he is a, again – Fierce competitor and tire, tireless worker. Yeah, I just I thought before the Florida game, it's not even a conversation, and I still feel that way. You know, the question is how much would the performance in the tape against Florida hurt him? Really drop him? I, I don't know. I think the body of work is is plenty strong. But what's interesting to me is beyond commitment to team, he thinks enough of whatever happened in Florida to to play another game. That's got to be part of the math. It can't. It doesn't have to be all of the math. It doesn't have to be all about how do I help my draft stock. It can be about team as well. But it can't be just about I'm going to play for my team because at some point you got to make a decision for you. And and that's what this is all ultimately about. Yeah. Yeah. But I do th- you're right. When you told me today that he was at practice and ready to go, I thought well that is intriguing. That was the you know more than underclassmen who was there who wasn't we knew that we weren't going to right, see Sam. Right, McCall. right. I was looking to see in the veterans who's dressed there were more than I expected. I thought this was going to be a practice in which you see a lot of reserves getting work. And, man, I mean, your two starting guards for the observable portion of practice, Dylan Gibbons and Dimitri Emanuel. I was like, really? Well, that's fascinating. Dylan Gibbons. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Gibbons is out there. Verse. Jamie Robinson. Roaming free in the secondary. Big coop. I mean. They weren't all hitting each other. I hope there wasn't a lot of contact today. It, it wasn't Oklahoma drills start to finish or anything no, like that. Nobody needs to be out but here going nuts. Uh, <laughs> I just found it interesting that all these guys were suited up. I, I would think that, at least in my mind, I, I had allowed for the possibility that those dudes would be in sweats coaching up the younger players. That's what I thought I'd see. Not them actively in shoulder pads and, and helmets. So a couple guys on the chat that have been solid over the years uh, have, have ventured in on this, and there were some things said in here that kind of suited where my head would go. Uh, again, I, I don't know a thing about insurance other than what I pay for ours. Uh, but Briley writes, it's an insurance policy. There's a premium. You just got to pay it. Uh, right, but the question is, does the premium go through the roof because now you have a, a, a an income somewhere else coming in right. with NIL dollars? But the NIL compensation could be part of the package to pay for the premium? I would think it would be part of the company's math. Yeah. It's like you're not making nothing, man, <laughs> so I could, I could leverage you a little bit more. If you're going back, the collective is going to take care of you at least to six figures. It'll be fun. Uh, this is going to end up being <laughs> just nuts. We're going to be like, what? How do we keep control? Or I guess who's the tax man? You know, it's funny. I know that some fans with the NIL, their head swims and they're like, this is bad, bad, bad. That's what they see. They see NIL equals bad for college football. 
And in some ways, I get that because you can't just enjoy your success and have that be a predictor of future success. That's not true anymore because of NIL. Partly because of NIL. On the other hand, Florida State has benefited more, if not certainly as much as anybody in the NIL era, uh, in the transfer portal era. Yeah, That's a different conversation, but it, it has changed things because how quickly you could change a room and how quickly you could become competitive in a segment group where you didn't you weren't competitive at all, see wide receivers. Uh, so that, that, that has happened, and it's benefited Florida State greatly. Uh, I, I, in some ways, I find it absolutely uh, exciting to know, because think about what we were just talking about at the end of the first hour, and I was saying, and as I said it out loud, it, it, it almost upset me to realize. I was saying, man, they don't have a dominant player on the defensive line. They got some guys we like that we think will continue to develop, but there's no dominant Timmy Jernigan-type player on that side of the ball right now. We know they don't have that at linebacker. All right, you got some guys, but there's nobody there that you think is going to come out there next year and dominate it at the position. And they don't have it at corner. I do think Thomas has a chance to be very good. Could be a really good corner before he leaves here. But I don't know that we would predict that necessarily right now. And then who else would you say that about? And you don't think it about a safety either. You've got guys you like, Shaheem Brown. You got, yeah, some guys Shaheem's like, got good instincts. Yeah, I like Shaheem a lot. But, you, you know, again, you're not looking around going – They've got a bunch of dominant players ready to take over for those that are departing. They don't have that right now. But they could. They could right now. And they could be bona fide. They could be people that you've seen dominate in Power 5 football. They could be a defensive tackle or a defensive end or a linebacker that was an all-everything in the Big Ten uh, or, you know, the SEC. Or, you know, you you have that possibility now to fill those holes with a plug-and-play very productive player. And by the way, that ability for Florida State to do that, now that's true of all colleges. But isn't it more true of a place like Florida State that has now had success on the field to go along with all the successes they had prior in evaluation, roster fit, locker room fit, elevation of status, both at the next level and within big-time college football. They've done all those things, and they did all those things without wins. Now they got wins. And a more committed effort in NIL, we think, is being built. So now all of a sudden you have an opportunity based on proven success and a track record prior to the wins to go out and really take advantage of this new system. And so in many ways, for all the worries we have about a guy getting plucked here or there, I actually think this is something that favors Florida State greatly because they have a proven track record and a coaching staff that's done a good job uh, and gotten out in front of it in ways that many schools haven't proven that they can. I agree. So far, it's tilted our way. I could see that it goes back the other way in a given offseason. Like, so you win some, you lose some over the course of 10 offseasons. The thing, I'm not worried about NIL one bit and, and how it affects college football. It's just more honest now than it used to be. It's more out in the open and transparent. It is that you could transfer, you get a freebie for the moment that you join you know, a yeah. roster in a program. So you're a true freshman, you don't like where you want to be, you could just transfer and you could be playing for the arrival the next fall. You can. I, I don't like that. I think it needs to be tied into multi-year scholarship offers or single-year renewable scholarship offers. Yeah. 
Just All like scholarships a, back in the day used to be yearly renewable. And we had this discussion <laughs> seven or eight years ago about fully guaranteed multi-year scholarships because the players weren't getting enough. Remember that? That was a huge – there was the stipend discussion, then there was the multi-year scholars. Yeah. And guarant, fully guaranteed four-year scholarships. Yeah. I think that's a choice that you should present to a kid on signing day. Do you want to sign a one-year renewable or do you want to sign a multi-year? Because if you sign a multi-year and you want to transfer after one, you got to sit out. But if you want to sign a one-year renewable, well, this you gets- have the flexibility now to go at any point that you want to go under the current rules. But you've got to have that check and balance here if you're a coach trying to build something over a long period of time. Yeah, it's awfully time. hard to do now, but it's also uh, inexcusable in the era of the transfer portal to have any one segment group remain poor for long periods of time. It should never happen. So you can hold coaches' feet to the fire a little bit more than you could in the past. Oh, I'm all for that. I'm not a, yeah. a you know only the coach kind of guy. I, I I lean player in most of these discussions, but that's a little too far. I think the pendulum has gone crazy to where a true freshman can say, nope, never mind. Same coach there, same position coach. The people who recruited him, there's no extenuating circumstance, and then they're gone without the penalty of having to sit out a year. I think that's nuts. Couple things here in the chat back to back that I do. I was going to go there, and I thought it was great. Uh, Brian writes with all the potential money on the table to go pro. It must be a very difficult thing for a coach to counsel a player about leaving early without sounding too self-serving. And Mike Norvell has talked on this, and many coaches have, and that's important. He did today. I know he did. He did today, and and he said, "Look, there are times where I'm going to give him advice against what's best for the program because it's what's best for the kid." But the one, the one wrinkle he gave to the answer today I thought was really interesting was he said, I need to have all the facts before I have any talk with a kid. And so that could be about the draft grade. It could be about this nebulous thing called a collective that's out there that he can't actually have an interaction with. Right. All of the relevant facts have to be presented before you make a recommendation. Because if you don't do that, then yes, you're, all you're doing is acting in your own best interest. I think it's... On, on, you know, listen, if you don't think a reputable man is leading the program or is at the helm of a segment group, um, then, yeah, it would be easy to say, uh, or if you think he's a low-character person, it would be easy to say that it's difficult for a coach to do it and not become a, a self-serving event. However, I don't think that there's anybody in their right mind who expects to have uh, a reputation that will serve them well over time that could look a kid in the face who they knew was projected to go in the first round and you knew that kid's background and they needed money or whatever it might be, right? You had their best interest in mind that you could ever say, yeah, come back. You would never do that. You would never do that because it's so obvious on its face. It's just so obvious. If a kid, if the kid in the segment group you're coaching or you're the head coach is projected to go make millions of dollars at the professional level, which has been their whole dream the entire time they've played football, and you told them to come back for their senior season or junior, whatever it was, redshirt, you'd look like an idiot, and you would, you'd lose all credibility with any future recruit. That would get out there quickly. Those guys... That, that that that's an insurance policy that coaches don't do that. You you really couldn't. You'd lose your reputation immediately. Uh, Jeff, would you move Brock Bowers the linebacker? Uh, so you <laughs> no. But if if we're going to call a certain tight end on our roster uh, anything close to an equivalent to Brock Bowers, well then I've just missed all of these practices all along. Uh, I, I don't know how I overlooked that we had a Brock Bowers waiting in the wings. <laughs> Please. Uh, we, we don't. We don't. 
I hate to say it. I, we don't need a Brock Bowers. We, we need a guy that's half the talent of Brock Bowers to be in that tight end room. That'd be nice. Florida man in Texas, based on the keg stand performance of Jeff, how much NIL would he need to play linebacker? <laughs> Thanks, Florida man in Texas. It was a uh, it was a good keg stand. It was a good time. I hope we get to do more. Gene proposed uh, a certain number. I There's guess eleven wins and conference championships. I think, I think that's I, yeah. yeah. You can't lower the bar. We've got no, to raise no. the bar. That's what the greater discussion is about right now. Is what has to be done for us to take the next step. It was a good atmosphere out there too. It was fun. Everybody, Everybody was in a great mood. Yeah, and how could we not be? It's Jeff Cameron Show, ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 you're hearing this right now and you or someone you know is active military a veteran Police officer, firefighter, nurse, or a teacher, turn up the volume. Listen to this. My friend Shannon with Legendary Home Loans has a hometown hero loan program designed to make a difference to those who make a difference in their communities. When it's time to buy a new home, he'll waive all lender fees for all hometown heroes. That's over $1,600 in value right there. If you decide to use their preferred title company and uh, for the closing, I should say, you'll be saving another $600 plus. So right off the bat, we're over $2,000 in savings. So if you or someone you know is active military, veteran, police officer, firefighter, nurse, school teacher, you name it, looking to buy a new home, choose Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans and ask about their hometown heroes program. Call 844-FSU-LOAN. That's 844-FSU-LOAN. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Also, they contribute $500 towards Rising Spear with each one of these closings. So it's a good thing, too. Another, another reason, Knowles, helping Knowles and all that good stuff. Yeah, I I do think, getting back to the culture discussion, that that's where it's important uh, having these very weighty discussions about what a player should do with their future is an, an important part of uh, the recruiting process, the sustaining of a culture in a locker room, uh, the roster, depth, all those things. It all It's all tied together because those kids talk, the ones who move on and the ones who stay. They all talk. They talk to kids that are considering, kids that are on the roster currently, kids that have tough decisions to make of their own, whether it's coming out of high school or once they're already here and making a decision about 
going pro or staying another year. You want there to be a through line of guys that have been counseled, mentored, aided in their endeavor to reach their dreams and then have those kids turn around and say, I trust this staff implicitly or I trust the head coach implicitly. So that when you have the end of the year meetings or you have these year-over-year meetings of some kind and that player that now has a tough decision on their hands goes to sit down across from the coach to ask some really weighty questions, he knows that the guy that sits across from him is somebody that he can believe in and trust and whose advice they're going to take seriously. That aids your program in the future. It's, it's, it's important that you build that because there's going to be a lot of turnover. That guy's got to recruit over you. It's his job. You're going to try to get the best available deal for yourself while you're here and also when it's time for you to go. Everybody's got to believe in one another that we're all pulling in the same direction here. And, yes, we all have goals. He needs to win games so he can make more money in his next contract and he can continue to chase his dream of winning a national championship, meaning Mike Norvell. The player, he wants to go play in the NFL. And if he's aiding that coach while he's here to make all that money and chase a dream of winning a national title, then he'd like a little something uh, come his way while he's here as well, and he wants to know that that's on the up and up and that everybody's being treated fairly there. It's all one big thing. And it, the better that that machine operates, and it's a machine, man. It's a it's, it's to the larger discussion that I think will be interesting with Mike Norvell as he gets older, assuming he has success here and sustains it. Now that you're talking about billion-dollar corporations, now that you're the helm of a huge, huge uh company for lack, or business, for lack of a better term, um, these coaches more and more are going to be CEOs. They're not going to be position-type coaches. They're not going to be guys. I, I don't think you'll see a lot of these guys still call plays. I think a lot of these guys will have too many other things they have to deal with. Sure, it'll be their overriding philosophy that is instilled and, and taught and, and utilized on game day, the way they believe you should play defense, what formations you run, how you attack certain looks offensively, those kinds of things. Those will be his, his core things. But more and more, you've just got so many other things to worry about, including the money, including about who's doing what for your program, uh, including the shaking hands, kissing babies, and fostering further uh, contributions down the line. Well, especially as the legislation you know, closes the loophole in the state of Florida and that you can bring it all under one wing and you can actually have a conference call with a collective yeah. that goes on the records, the phone records for the state mm-hmm. that you're having these discussions. That that will add a lot of hours oh, to tons. a week, to a month, to a football season, to a time like this. This is going to be the time, I think, because it's a, in short order, especially if you're not playing in a conference championship game. But there's a lot of behind-the-scenes time. Like I would think that, you know, and today, yes, and, and tomorrow, if you've got four hours of scheduled practice... The ratio of roster building that has nothing to do with high school recruiting to the four hours of practice is still, what do you think? Like four to one? Because you've got to know yeah. you got to know how many places yeah. you have to go get a high school recruit or how many places you have on the roster to go get a transfer. This is all like you're you're cramming all of this at in one short week here to try and help define how you want to close out your 2023 recruiting class. For us in the media. December is now not just about going to a nice bowl site and covering the game and a couple of practices on site and things like that. This is a big month in the cycle of covering college, the business of college football. It's huge in December now. Early signing day added a little bump to it, but I thought it was it was a net negative 
February's National Signing Day was a hell of a lot more fun than the early signing days. A lot more fun. Agreed. Doesn't mean it's any less or more important. In fact, it's more important because so many kids sign early these days. But now you add the wrinkle of on Monday, it's a free-for-all in the portal? This is a critical month for all parties involved in the sport. Yeah, and there are so many. It's funny when you sit down at your desktop or your laptop and you go, all right, let's let's check the old transfer portal. And On3 is doing a really good job with this. Uh, I know this is self-serving, but it's true. Uh, if you go just check the national On3 feed and look at all of the names that they have posted, the pictures of the players, the, the, the important information about said players, all that, it's just one after the next. I mean, you just scroll, scroll, it's scroll, its own scroll, ticker. scroll, scroll. Yeah. It is. It's its own ticker. Um, so when you go through all of that stuff, uh, you really realize, I mean, you're like a kid in the candy store. It's funny how that works. I mean, you know you can't get all those kids, but this morning before I came in here, I was sitting there doing that very thing, just kind of scrolling down, hitting that down arrow over and over and over again, looking at each kid. And you know, that kid is a I'll take him. I want him. Ooh, I like him. Ooh, I'm intrigued by him. What about him? I'm going to put him in the save tab. Go over there and read more about him later when I get home. What about this kid? I mean, it's there's like 50 guys today that you're kind of interested in. You better have people that are on it who are doing more than what I'm doing. you got to have people who understand the circumstances. Like, let's use Sam McCall right now. He puts his name in the transfer portal. He wants to leave. Clearly, he's unhappy. It's obvious from his social media posts and his Instagram live and all the other silliness. And you're a coach and you're like, well, that kid was a, a talent coming out. You know, we wanted that kid. He's an elite talent, but boy, that Florida state locker room may have been the healthiest locker room in college football this year. It was a damn love fest. According to the kids themselves, they're the ones on record saying how much of a joy it is to play at Florida state and how much they love each other and how great it is. Uh, that they're part of this turnaround, and he's the one kid that's pissed off and upset after one year. Hmm. You, you you'd have pause. You would have pause. Other guys would be like, "Well, listen, we don't have any talent on this roster, and I know he's talented. I don't care what he's mad about. We'll see if we can yeah, figure." He it. wants to play. He he's going to play. He's going to play. Right? Yeah. So that's that, you know. That, but you have these discussions internally. You're what? What do we do? What do we do with a guy that his upside's great, but man, that's not a good look. I don't know what to do with that because we've got a good thing we're building here. That's the conversation that they had last year that begot this success is as a staff, when they added the receivers they did, the four of them, when they added Jared Verse and others, they had those conversations of, are they a good fit? Because if they aren't, we're going to win seven or eight games and this is all going to blow up in our face. And it's all for nothing. It's all for nothing. Instead, just about all these transfers left an indelible mark on this season for the good, and they also fit into the locker room. They're not all going to be Jermaine Johnsons where they're going to be effusive in praise years after their – I mean, Jermaine's ridiculous in a good way. Like, you're not expecting that type of loyalty to the program. All you need are guys who fit in and guys who advance the mission and are not holding you back. But because they made those decisions in the portal to go get these specific players last mm-hmm, year, mm-hmm. you don't get to 9-3 and three without them, period. You don't get to 9-3 and three without the guys that they brought in last year. And they weren't just about talent and combine skills. It was about fit. Well, when I asked the question to Mike Norvell about that very thing, he was very blunt and said that they never tell kids what they think those kids want to hear, but rather the way things are going to be. 
and how they think that benefits them if they're willing to buy in and work. And uh, I do think that's the best. It's it's not unlike the conversation we were just having about being honest, having integrity, and sitting down with a kid, even though it would benefit you greatly if that kid came back to your segment group or your team if you're the head coach. But you've got to be able to honestly look a kid in the eye and tell him what you think is best for him. And if you do that and you're fair-minded and you obviously apply logic to the situation, um, then, you know, kids – Kids can see through BS. They know immediately, um, you know, even even young, immature kids, a lot of them can see through BS. Uh, and, I, and I think that's in the transfer portal, I think it's applicable too. I think you sit down with a guy and you're like, look, I, I don't know that I can promise you playing time. I wouldn't be across from you talking to you. I wouldn't have sent out uh, whatever notice I have to send out to let you know that I'm interested if, if I didn't think you could come in and play. I mean, I've, we have a need. I'm reaching out to you for that reason. But that's beside the point. We know that. That's a given, right? That's part of this, why we're sitting here right now. What I am telling you is that I'm not guaranteeing you're starting next year, but if you come in here and work hard, I think there are opportunities for you. And, boy, you are going to work really hard. We're all going to work really hard here. It's, it, I've made things tough. I mean, boy, oh, boy, every day we get up and do the same thing, and it's difficult. You know, and that's that's important. Yeah, just look at, you know, some of the specific players and ask the question. Do you beat LSU without Jared Verse? Probably not. Probably not. Do you beat Louisville without Johnny Wilson? Probably not. Probably not. Do you beat Florida without Trey Benson? Probably Definitely not. not. Yeah. I don't think so. Do you beat most of those teams with uh, without right, the right, right side of your yeah. offensive line that was all transfer-laden? I mean, that's, that's the power of this thing. But what if they were jerks? <laughs> what if any one of these guys were jerks? That What if Johnny ran to social media when he has three targets in, in a game or two? You don't. You're not welcoming those things in. My hope is, as we're trying to advance from the nine-win regular season to an eleven-win regular season, that we don't trade for some of those guys, or at least the, the minimal amount. Because as you get well, more talented, you're, you're going to welcome in more problems. I think. Well, you always weigh. It's that scale. They used to do the sliding scale for GPA and talent, and whether or not you could, you know, athletic scholarship, getting into school or not, and all that, you know. You have this scale, and you're like, well, he's he's of the ilk of Randy Moss. I'm gonna put up with some things. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say we'll take our chances. Or he's not. He's not even close to that. All right, let's weigh these things. Yeah, I you agree. better damn well be Randy Moss you if we're gonna deal with issues. <laughs> because in college football, I think it matters more than the NFL that that you're pulling in the same direction, especially when. It's all now so fragile, year to year. Everything yeah. is fragile in a way it has not been, year over year. Many other roofing companies hire out subcontractors to do their work for them. T-Spark Enterprises hires employees, and that's because they value the immense benefits that come with having a trusted, reliable, and highly trained crew that can be held to high standards that T-Spark is known for. Experts in their craft, pride in their work, that's the T-Spark difference. T-Spark is the best in town, period. Give them a call today, 766-1340. We'll get a free quote online at tsparkconstruction.com. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3.
Hate to do this part of it, Tom, but we have to. You do realize that's it's tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. We're all part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge. We're all gonna lock in at the TLC Double C. Is that tonight? That's on the uh, way the chopping block too. Yeah, ACC it's the last year of it. We got yeah. ACC SEC next year. Uh, FSU, by the way, against Big Ten opponents in the twenty-three game history of the annual series, we went three and three against Minnesota, two and two against Northwestern. 0-2 against Ohio Ooh, State. One of the worst performances you've ever seen in a loss in you and I Northwestern. Yeah, yeah, it was painful. Oh. Well, they played that antiquated 1952-style basketball, and we could never adapt to it. It was awful. I believe the total in the game was 52. Yeah, it was, all, it was For both teams. Not a lot of fun. 1-1 uh, against Iowa. 2-1 against Purdue. It'll be 2-2 two two after today. That Iowa one was tough. We actually watched one of those games after the bowling tournament. That's right. And uh, they got a couple of choice calls down the stretch. Frustrating. Yes. Uh, my favorite is the loss to Wisconsin. That was the Al Thornton, oh, uh, these are my testicles game, in which um, the gigantic center for Wisconsin is forever posterized in my mind in a way that's uncomfortable. It was awesome. Do you remember the dunk? I, we'll look it up together afterwards. Yeah, so vaguely good. I do. It is. They, were, they were just so violent, he and AJ, last year AJ. Um, I remember that particular game against Duke. Well, 06 is the Thornton dunk on uh, on old Greg there for Wisconsin. Yeah, that was just took a. Mm, that was my year. Is that toughy? Michigan State were 0 and 1 against Nebraska. We're 0 and 1 against. That was ridiculous. Uh, Rutgers were 1 and 0 against and Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, remember that game? No, I do. The uh, waste well, management services yeah. up there. They were trying to cut a deal. They tried Indiana 1 and 1. By the way, surprisingly. Um, so that's, that's where we're at. And, uh, that's the end of this thing. Uh, look, if you think about what Purdue is this year, they shoot the ball well, they rebound exceptionally well. They have a dominant big man. Um, they have kids that can beat you on the dribble drive. We can't stay in front of anybody. We don't rebound. I kind of am going to go ahead and tell you, this is an epic beatdown on the verge of happening at which point Florida state will be. One and eight, and then from there, uh, Tom, they will stagger into Charlottesville to open the ACC portion of the schedule. Uh, Virginia is ranked number three in the country. At that point, Florida State will move to one and nine. Uh, that will be the worst record in program history, and it is uh, hard to overcome when you're discussing worst records in program history, no matter the cause. Nobody wants to have that kind of a conversation. Admittedly, if I'm being fair, even with all of the problems Florida State has, we ought not be having the conversation about the worst record in program history as we get ready to start conference play. Yeah, you know, football interviews were conducted in the baseball tradition room today, and I thought, eh, football, baseball. That's a nice, that's that's a nice transition. That's, that's what you thought. I right? like that transition. From football right into baseball. Hopefully we'll bounce back next year on the old hardwood, but not this year. Not going to happen this year. So let's see the first year of Link Jarrett. Maybe there's extended coverage I was about to say, of could winter we have, training. Could we have that? Uh, Link and I have hit it off well so far. Our interviews have been outstanding. Uh, I've enjoyed his insight. Uh, I think he enjoys the work we do. I could go over there maybe once a week, just start talking with him and record it. Well, he was going to tour the facility with you and take you through. Yeah, yeah. And I, think, I think he still would. Maybe you guys can tour other facilities, like some high school baseball facilities in this area that are superior. Just he and I. And he'd be like, hey, that's a good idea. Maybe we should do that. You know, and so 
you guys are building the new baseball guts together. That would be a great segment. Lots of drinks on tap from Tallulah, the Kratom, the Kava. You can get a Delta 8 drink. You may need it for basketball. Uh, Delta 8, Delta 9, mix it on up. We had Delta 88. They have CBD pain roll-ons and creams, too, by, by the way. Uh, neck, back pain, whatever. But they got they got CBD pain reliever uh, pills for, for pets. Calm your pets down as well. I think if you're a season ticket holder in the geriatric section, which is most of the sidelines that is at correct. the TLC Double C, mm. and somebody strolls on in in your row, clearly they bought the ticket in the secondary market from your friend, and they come in and they're just slurring their words. You need to let it go this year. You need to let it go. Some people have to medicate in to order go to, watch our basketball team. Right. You damn well better medicate. So even if it's you know they're going through lineup announcements and this guy is in your row and he just woo, you're like, well. All right, okay. I see. That's a bit much. If you were on the uh, the, the the products I'm talking about, you probably wouldn't be electrified. No, but that could be, you know, that could be whiskey <laughs> before the game. <laughs> Just <laughs> large amounts of whiskey. Tallulah's new Kava Bar is open in Bannerman Crossing. It's a second location in Bannerman Crossing. So everywhere you turn, there's a Tallulah offering up a sanctuary of sorts on a night in which we play basketball. Come on in. Much like Billy Minardi Hall. Come on in. Lots of kava, kratom drinks. Unlike Billy Minardi Hall, no hookers. No, just a sanctuary. They're just, they're yeah, no, all... no, I know, I know. Uh, and there's a store now open in uh, Thomasville, Georgia. So there you go. Tallulah is everywhere helping you out. I got some picks for this weekend coming up. I, I don't know that I can top... And I don't know where you're at on your hockey picks lately, but you were doing pretty well before. Yeah, we I think I'm above water, like above that mark of 56, 57%, but not much better. I'll tell you this, man. I uh, I caught fire late, and it's helpful. I needed it and turned my fortunes around. I know you cashed also, by the way, on our season-long <laughs> bet. You, you, you made it happen. Eh, South Carolina made it happen. Yeah, I was on the right side of that bet. Even if Clemson went 11-1, and that's one of the weaker 11-1 and slates you'll ever see. So it was very nice, a little surprise, because usually my futures are my big plays. You got a gift, but you're right, you deserved it, because they shouldn't have won the ones that they That's did a good in beat. a lot of cases. It's it's a bad beat on the turn, and then another bad beat that wins you it on the river. Right. Like, oh, yeah, I kind of deserve that. Yeah. I outplayed you before we even went all in. Yeah, so that happened for you. I laughed when that happened for you. It was nice to see South Carolina get that win. 10-2 and two feels more apt for Clemson season. Really, 9-3, and 8-4 and four does. Um, I do think interesting times there at Clemson and interesting times here in Tallahassee make this all the more fascinating as we venture into the offseason. If we're being truthful, I think the most exciting thing for Florida State fans, and, and it's intense as you're going to watch these things now in recruiting and transfer portal and all that good stuff, I think Napier's a good coach. He's going to do a good job at Florida, and I think he's going to get them turned around pretty quickly. And I think the rivalry between us and Florida is going to be weighty, intense, nasty, close, hard-fought over the next five seasons minimum. You're going to see some great football games. I think Florida State is poised to take over the ACC once again and be the dominant figure in this conference. But you still have to do it. You still have to go out there and slay the dragon. You had an opportunity at home this year, and you blew it. You lost to that Clemson team. 
So now you got to go out there next year and go on the road and get it done. But I think it's doable. But again, you got to bring in players. So we're watching an interesting transition right now for Florida State. Yeah, the unfortunate thing that's happening for the Gators as a program is they get the first year, you know, car push, smell, yeah, the new car smell with the coach, plus the NIL that comes with it. You know, yeah, so you have all of this momentum that even though they only won six games as a program this year, just six. Just six, barely bowl eligible. They will have the windfall, and you could already see it in the way their class is structured. And I'm sure they're going to be a force in the portal as well. That everybody is aligned behind a brand new coach. For us, we got our payoff in year three, which is really year two of a fair fight. And year one was not a success. Don't get me wrong, but we're behind in that regard. Hopefully, the November, November five and zero for Ooh. Florida State pushes uh, us over the finish line with some extra dollars, but we'll of, need it. A lot of people believe that's 2024 that Florida State's really going to benefit. It is fascinating. Clemson has a better ranked class currently than we do. So does Florida, as you just mentioned. So does Miami, and they have no business, no business having a good class. That Miami class, those kids should all be transferring or opting out or decommitting. There is nothing of any promise at Miami. That is a program adrift at sea, rudderless. Agreed. But the transfer portal is a part of the whole process, and that's where I think if we have extra money, we can go make hay there one more time, and then you've got a high school class that looks like it should in 24. Florida State will obviously see um, the enthusiasm around Hakeem Williams. Obviously, Blake Nicholson, who I love at linebacker, coming over from California. Uh, the, the the Falk kid uh, on the defensive line is a difference maker. Obviously, Lamont Green Jr. is a difference maker there. Keith Sampson. They've got guys that we're excited about. Lucas Simmons on the other side we're excited about. He may be a little bit more of a project. They do have a running back in the class that everybody's excited about, too. I know you're probably like, okay, enough with the running backs. Everybody. We'll be fine there. I yeah. just Enough know, with the running backs, everybody. Every program has Stop a, messing with my Rodney Hill. If you've got a coach for five years or more, every program has a position group that you're like, they're going to be fine. With us, running back. Running I'll, back I'll never worry. It ought to be tied in. Yeah. I mean, he schemes open bad tight ends. On the regular, wide open, just standing out there in the middle of the field with nobody around him. We are allowed to hit the trail and go get one. Well, you drafted one in Powers last year that came in and who's got a nice body type. We'll see how quickly he can take a leap forward. Yeah, we are allowed to go get one that's plug and play. You can do that. Oh, I would. I'd spend a good bit of money on it, too, because my offense. Is that where the Cameron NIL would, it would be earmarked? I'd say, hey, Look, guys, if you're going to use my money in this collective, I'm, you don't get to use it unless it's specifically on I'm this position. I'm tired of watching these kids that aren't up to snuff at that position. It's not what we do. It's It hurts my eyes. We must return to snuff. I'm like, every time I watch it, I'm like, look, that kid's running full speed. you got to be kidding me. It's just painful. I want snuff. <laughs> Good work out of you, sir. Good work, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Have a great night. Medicaid, if you're going to watch Florida State basketball, we'll talk tomorrow.